Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Natalie Jean, it's Natalie Jean, and today on Chatting with Nat, we have singer-songwriter-producer Sydney Renee. Sydney Renee is a powerhouse singer-songwriter and producer with a stage presence you won't forget. Born and raised in Los Angeles, Sydney's dynamic voice has drawn in fans everywhere from Australia, Italy, Greece, and Singapore, to name a few. She began performing at the age of 10 years old and earned her bachelor's degree in music from Cornish College for the Arts. Sydney doesn't recognize any boundaries in her music, which is primarily R&B, soul yet contains elements of jazz, funk, rock, and pop. Let's give her a round of applause. Uh, Thank you so much. Yes, I want to make sure you feel loved, because my two little hands is not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Because when you just clap and doesn't give you that, you know, that momentum to say you are loved and you are it, and I'm honored and happy to have you on. Thank you. So I'm honored to be here. Oh, thank you so much. How have you been during this pandemic, this cray cray thing that we call? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely been a struggle, um, but there has been some light to it. because of the pandemic, I've been able to record a lot more and, like, mm-hmm. produce a lot of songs. So a lot of the projects that I dropped uh, this year are Pandemic Babies. Uh, okay. And um, I also got a chance to just uh, practice sewing, and I've been getting really good at it. Okay. So that's kind of been my, my therapy. That's awesome. I haven't, I haven't heard anybody sew. I know there's people out there that sew. But I haven't heard that yeah. in a long time. That I know. Awesome. I, you know, it's funny. Thank my you. Used to, my mom used to sew way back in the day. And I, I remember when she used to have the sewing machine. But that, uh, that thing is long dead and buried. Um, <laughs> but for you, um, like you said, during the pandemic, it's just been crazy. Because obviously it was, it is and was. Um, a horrible situation, you know, obviously people died, lost their limbs, got really sick, but like you said, there's been positives, um, during this time, you know, I know I read an article where they said a lot of people quit their jobs because they were, they were just like, you know what, I want to do something that makes me happy. This is not just about, um, money for me. Um, there are people that have pulled back on their work hours. They realize time with their families. I mean, I can't tell you. How many people that I saw walking in the streets with their families? And I'm like, where did these people come from? Why weren't they doing this before? <laughs> um, climate change. My God, the animals were like, oh, the pollution level went down. Because why? We weren't, we weren't out there. Mother Nature was just like, oh, 
I can breathe a little for a year at least. Like finally, um, finally, <laughs> I can breathe. This is just amazing. Um, and then there are people that decided they wanted to just do a whole different career altogether. All um, you know, a lot of us had time to self-reflect, especially artists. Yes. You know what they want to do, how they want to uh, be perceived. I know an artist that decided to take down all of their music and start over again. And so, during this time, did you have time to self-reflect? Did you decide that you want to do something different, or you want to create something even more that, of what you have? What did you think about? Well, I definitely had a lot of time to um, self-reflect, mainly because. Like, I live in L.A., and a lot of my work has been, like, doing, like, cover gigs and, like, weddings and, and stuff like that. And I just realized that it wasn't really bringing me much joy. And I made the step to kind of take that, I mean, to cut back on those gigs and, like, solely work on just my original music. Mm. I like that. I like that. You know, one of yeah, the things. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, I mean, like, it's, yeah, I'm getting paid to sing other people's music, but I want to get paid to sing my music. <laughs> Amen to that, because they need to hear more of you and what you <laughs> do on a personal level. Obviously, you're a great singer, but when they when they see and hear everything that you've written and done your thing, it's even, it's even greater. It's even better. Um, I know that, you know, for a while I've been saying, you know, I won't perform anywhere that there's TVs or background noise. That does. I'm not doing it. It, it. One, it costs too much to create this music to rehearse. Yeah. So I'm like taking a cue from Nina Simone. I'm like, you know, she used to tell people to sit down if they stood up and um, shut up. If she was, yep. <laughs> she was everything. I love her. Love her because yes, we take a lot of the, a lot of time with our music. Why should we be in an mm-hmm. environment where we're just background noise? Uh-uh. I'm not doing that anymore. So I completely understand you. Now, what was it about the music industry where you were like, whoa, um, I have to, this is me. I've got to do it. Was it something that you saw, something that you heard? What was that defining moment for you? Well, my mom said that before I was talking, I was like singing and humming along to tunes. And I just always been like very passionate and connected with music. And it was like around like elementary school that I was singing something and my auntie was like, you have to put her in performing arts school. So they did. And I, I haven't looked back since. I love that. I love that. Um, how important it, is it for you to be authentic in your music? Now you say you do a lot of covers, but I know that you write and you plan to mm-hmm. do more of your own stuff. So how important is it for you to be authentic in your music, your songwriting as an, as an artist? I think it's super important because you're telling your story and, you know, at least the music that I grew up listening to and the music that I love and that's shaped my career, mm-hmm. I've always connected with that story. Like that artist, I feel like they were either going through a similar situation as I was going through. So right. I kind of want to provide that for the for the listeners. Just like, hey, you know, I'm a normal girl, but crappy things happen from time to time and I write songs about it. <laughs> That's right. The world is not joy, 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 as we've learned with the pandemic. Crappy things happen to us. Crappy things happen to other people. What I love about the fact that you write about the crappy things, because that's authenticity right there, because people can relate to you. They can't relate to Beyonce. 
except for that cheating. <laughs> they can't. No, I know. I know. It's just it's too perfect. Like, right? I'm not the on a yacht popping bottles. Like, thank you, thank you. And I always tell people, I don't poo-poo on the mainstream artists. It's just that I find that independent artists are way more authentic than than the mainstream artists just because, you know, we we really write from a personal place. And a lot of mainstream artists don't even write their own songs. I mean, Beyonce has has a song that has 12 writers. Now, I don't know money on that, number one. And I don't know why. And it's crazy. Right? It's crazy. And so many, like, basically, like, really, all those mainstream artists, I mean, they have so many people on these songs. And it's just like, so how do you connect with it? Like, that's right. I like that you bring that up. I love that. How do they connect with it when there's so many different ideas being thrown in? And, and, and let's say you, did, you didn't even have a little piece of writing it. How do you connect to the song? How do you say, well, yeah, you know, I can give it, give it my all. I find that independent artists that write their own music, we, every time we perform, it's just, it's, it's something that's coming from the depths of our soul. Now there is acting, obviously, mm-hmm. and some of these artists can act very well and they can say, oh yeah, I'm getting into my own song, blah, blah, blah. But I think that we just have a, we connect on a deeper level. With our yeah, audience. there's a sense of vulnerability, I, yeah. I, I think, with, like, indie artists. Exactly. And um, one of the things that I tell people all the time is that, obviously, during the pandemic, I had some downtime, and I watched a lot of music, uh, music videos. I watched a lot of TikTok uh, conferences and webinars, and they were saying how the most popular videos on TikTok are the ones of people being authentic. They said these are the the ones that are just, very popular because people can relate. They can say, oh, mm-hmm. and they can do the same thing that that person is doing rather than, you know, a pop, store, pop artist doing their thing or whatever kind of artist, and they feel like they can't achieve to it. You know, somebody might say, like, one of the mainstream artists, I believe, is more um, somebody that you can gravitate to cause you, and she understands you would be Adele. Because Adele... She um she writes about breakup songs. You know, you can relate to her breakup. You know, I saw her at the Grammys mm-hmm. a couple of years and she messed up. And she said, no, I can't do it. Like, like she, she didn't care about the fact that she messed up. She said, no, I got to give you a great performance. Let's do it over. She's just very natural. Somebody else would have just ran yeah. through the thing and, and not cared and stuff like that. But that's that's why I love her so much. That's what I love about her personal authenticity. Now, you do I see R&B soul which contains elements of jazz, funk, rock and pop, which I love because that makes you a very versatile artist. Um and so why do you uh gravitate to those genres? Well, jazz, I got my when I went to school in Seattle at Cornish College of the Arts, I got my degree in jazz, so I grew up like singing jazz music. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I know it's kind of like an older genre, but I still just have, like, a connection to it. Um, I'm trying to find ways to kind of, like, integrate it more into my music and, like, kind of have this fusion blend of R&B and soul. Um, I also just love so many genres of music, and I think it comes from years of, like, being in the industry and performing 
Um, I used to work on a cruise ship as a singer, so we had to do, like, literally everything. So I think that's why my style of, like, genres are so broad. <laughs> right. No, I, I love that. So I, too, I grew up um, on jazz, and I, I'm I'm older than dirt, so I will tell you, I used to watch Sam, Sanford and Son, and that's actually where I um, got my love for jazz. Jazz is my favorite genre of all time. Um, I specifically liked it when Lena Horne was on there and he was singing oh, yeah. songs. And um, jazz, yes, jazz is a very interesting genre. Um, it doesn't seem like jazz likes to evolve. Um, like if you don't do proper jazz, the jazz industry is just like, I don't know what you're doing. And I feel yes, yes, yes. If you're not, if I you're completely not, like, agree. It's, but it's crazy because music, you should be able to evolve with music. Music shouldn't just, okay, this is the way it is and nobody can touch it. And I know one artist that I met many years ago, he fused so many genres into the jazz and he made it like, it was really interesting what he did and I loved it because what it allowed, it allowed the younger generation to become interested in jazz music. That's what that's what jazz mm-hmm. people don't understand is that if you infuse a little bit of something something a little bit of something different, you're going to broaden your audience. You're going to broaden yeah. your fans. Um, I and I and I truly truly believe that jazz is one of the hardest genres out there. Um, what is it that you most? What is it that you love about being an artist? I just like being a storyteller and having those vulnerable moments and just leaving it all on the table. Like I feel like whenever I perform, like even if it is in like a crowded room, like you were saying, where there's like a lot of distractions and TV and there's at least somebody that's in that room that she really touched them that day or like affected them in some way. And I, I just love creating that, environment for people and being that vessel that I love it I love it I love the way that I was telling somebody else that music is our superpower because music yes heal power to move mountains you know when people are upset sad angry whatever they normally put on music uh, to try to make them mm-hmm. feel better to try to go to go along with the mood so you know our superpower is to be able to make people happy in that moment. Yeah. And it's Even amazing. Like, you know, when people, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying like, even when people are sick, um, you know, mm-hmm. they have music therapy that like yeah. really helps. Like it helped my, when my grandpa, he passed away, but when he was sick, like, I just remember he forgot a lot of things, but one thing he never forgot, he was obsessed with Miles Davis and we would always play Miles Davis for him. And, he could tap it and sing along to it. <laughs> I lo- see. I love that. I love. Oh my god! And then if you ever notice, um, they did an experiment with uh, what was it? Water in music. Oh and yeah. Then you could see the movement. I mean, it's alive. There was something else to it. Was it a snowflake? I can't remember. But uh, when music um, hits a certain thing, whether it's music, uh, water, or snowflakes, or something. You could see the energy. I think it was water. Wasn't it water? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It's definitely amazing what we can do. Um, 
what we can do uh, with our music abilities. Now, do you play any instruments? I play a little piano, um, and I'm learning bass. See? All these people are yeah. getting to gear. Because I, <laughs> I tell everybody, I have a smart keyboard that's been in a box for five years. I haven't broken it open because, no, Natalie's been procrastinating and hasn't had time. And then when I hear other people go, well, you know, I play a little bit of this, and then I'm learning how to do bass. I've got to get my button gear. Uh, I tried to do guitar, but I felt like a contortionist. I was like, oh, you want my body to do what? You don't feel comfortable. It's hard. So you, it's hard. Yeah. Hot. I mean, but how do you like the bass, though? I'm Because your body is like, okay, let me. <laughs> well, um, I've always been obsessed with the bass. It's, it's my mm. favorite instrument and has been. So I always wanted to play it. And, you know, I grew up. Uh, just admiring like Esperanza Spalding and yeah. like all these badass bass player singers yeah. and I was like I I want to do that I'm nowhere near her level at all there's like five songs that I could play but like I definitely need a lot more practice but it, it's been challenging especially mm-hmm. because you know I'm not used to like you said the contortion is like holding your <laughs> hands in these weird positions it, it, and it hurts after a while. <laughs> No, I'm, I believe, I believe. Um, so we're going to play, well, we're me, um, One Night Only. Tell me what that song's about. Um, so, yeah, uh, it has, like, this 90s kind of aesthetic feel. I love the 90s. And I wanted to capture, like, that fun and flirty, like, vibe that, like, Ghost Town DJs my boo has. So it's basically about this girl, she's in town, and there's this guy that's trying to pursue her, but she only has one night only, so you got to make your move. Uh, Yeah, and that's it. (laughs) All right, well, let's play Open 
I love that. I was, <laughs> I was grooving over here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, very good. So what is your um, songwriting process, and how do you deal with writer's block if you get it? Ooh, I hate writer's block. Um, but uh, so, <laughs> ooh, it's something, and and it's just like a lot of times you just get so mentally like stuck. Um, I don't know. It depends. Like each song is different. Like this song, I started off with like a drum beat, and then I built the keys. And um, my partner, he plays guitar, so that's him on the guitar. So I'll mm-hmm. kind of like so I'm like I want this type of vibe. So we get the beat down, um, and then I write. Um, there's other times where, like, I have, like, over 400 voice memos where it's just, like, a voice memo just pops in my head, like, randomly. Like, I'll be at the most random spots. Mm-hmm. And then I'll build a song up from there. Um, but the way that I tackle writer's block is I definitely have to leave the song, like, for, like, mm-hmm. a couple of days and just completely, like, turn it off and then go back and see if we can, like, catch it again. <laughs> It's it's interesting because I um sometimes I would just I still use paper yes I do um I'll write there's nothing wrong with that I, I'm old school like I told you I'm a hundred so I use <laughs> paper I use the screen now I'm trying to yeah because I pay for it um, master writer I try to although I don't use it as much as I should um and I'll throw words on the screen and what I like to do is start out with a chorus. I like to have a theme, but I start with the chorus and then work around it. Then I'll take the words that I have and throw it at the at the at the paper or the screen. Um, and when I'm dealing with writer's block, I'll I'll yell at the piece of paper. I'll yell at the screen. <laughs> I, I'll God, why don't you put something in my head? I just need to write something. Um, and what I what I've learned about myself though is when I'm trying too hard to be like. Um, the not perfect but trying to put like verse first chorus verse first and then a bridge chorus blah, blah, blah. trying to be like the norm i like to write the way i want to write i don't always want yeah. to do, sometimes my songs are written like a poem you know and then you have a little bitty one word chorus like i recently received uh released something that the, the chorus is basically the word done so um so now i'm trying to evolve and start just writing the way i want you know, um, I also write country and I was and I was in a songwriting session a couple of weeks ago and I didn't realize how much country artists, country artists like songwriting, they like to rhyme. They said it has to Oh, rhyme. yeah. You can't use this word again and you can't do this and again. But I but in my head, I'm like, well, isn't the whole purpose just to tell a story? Why does it matter if it rhymes or not? I just don't get that. Yeah. And so, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's so many songs. Like, um, a great example is, like, Frank Ocean. Like, mm-hmm. he's very, like, great with his words, but he doesn't really, he's not on, like, that rhyme metric that, mm-hmm. like, a lot of these other, like, songs have where it's, like, okay, like, goat has to rhyme with coat. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, and then there's some, I don't know if this happens to you, but I know that there's some words I really want to use. And I'm like, well, I don't have anything that's going to rhyme with that. <laughs> so, oh, all what do the I time. <laughs> no, I hate that. And 
on one of my songs that recently released, you know, there's a, a phrase that I want. I said, this phrase has got to be used. I don't care if it rhymes with anything. It's just going to it's going to be in there. And I was able to put it in there because I'm like, screw this rhyming thing. I just want to tell a story and I want to tell it right. And whoever's supposed to receive the song is going to receive it. That's the way I do mm-hmm. things because um, I just don't have time for that crap. But one of the places, and I tell this to everybody, where I um, uh, get uh, my most inspiration is the, is the shower. So I can come up. I love it. I can come up with songs and then walk out of the shower, forget every last word. And I'm like, that's why I'm trying to create a um, waterproof device that, you know, it doesn't hear the sound of the shower. And you can just, boop, press a button, bam, it's there. Because, I, yeah, I could have my cell phone on the side, but I'm like, no, I don't want that. I want to be able to uh, do what I want in there. And I asked somebody, you know, somebody said to me, the reason that people tend to create more in there is because, you're alone, where well, you could be alone, not alone, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's more soothing and relaxing because you're like um, very relaxed and the water, you know, on you is soothing that you can just come up with anything. Yeah. You're not thinking about things. It's just exactly. coming naturally. Exactly. You're not, you're just, you're, you're just, uh, you're, you're just, a, you're in bliss basically. And so anything can just come to you and you're just like, yeah, I'm doing my thing. Oh my. And then when I come up with the lens, I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. Oh my God. Um, so for you, like, let me run out and get it. Yes. <laughs> These days I've been bringing my cell phone along, which I hate, but you know, when you want to catch something, cause during, I have to admit that during the pandemic, my brain was void. <laughs> well, I couldn't come up with anything. And I was I didn't feel like writing. I was like, oh, my God, if I don't write something, this is just going to be be crazy. Um, what do you prefer? Do you prefer a more intimate setting for performing, or do you lar- like a large crowd venue type of deal? Hmm. Man, it, it, it really all depends on the vibe, because, like, there's some songs that I just love the way they sound stripped back, and, like, I do yeah. a lot of So Far yeah. Sound events, mm. and, like, when I perform those songs in that environment, like it, it's just so right. Yeah. But I also have songs that I want people to dance to. Like I want just a huge little party happening in that moment. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I like that. Yeah. There's, I, when I, I love being on stage just because, you know, you get to rock out, use an entire stage, um, a more intimate yeah. setting like more acoustic sound um it's definitely a different vibe so to speak uh when you're doing a more intimate setting but when an intimate setting you can really see people you know um connect with it i think uh, intimate settings are a little bit more nerve-wracking for me you know it's just weird when i'm by myself let's say i'm singing to instrumental tracks i get more nervous but if i have my band i'm just like oh i can do what i want I can do I'm the same exact way, and I think that's just, like, nature, like, because <laughs> you have somebody on the stage that, right. like, if something goes wrong, or, but, and you also kind of have a, um, gosh, what am I trying to say? You kind of have, like, a backup plan, like, say, yeah. uh, you want to repeat a chorus a couple times because people are, like, diving out to it, and you want to vamp on something, you could do that. When you do tracks, you're just so limited, and right. there's also 
technology. I mean, sometimes things skip and you're like, just, yeah. I don't know. You're right. Now, which one of your songs do you like to perform and why? Hmm. Um, I would say like my favorite song to perform is 17 um, for multiple reasons. One is uh video like around the time my grandpa died so like it just reminds me of him a lot like and I dedicated the video to him and also my uncle recently passed and that was like one of his favorite songs so I just have like an emotional connection to it and I really just love the lyrics because it's just kind of talking about going back to the days when we're 17 and there's no bills there's no worries and just being free even if it's just for a night like and not worrying about the stress of the world. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I completely get that. Now we're going to play Complicated. Tell us what that's about. (laughs) It's a fun one. That's another quarantine baby or pandemic baby. Um, And that one is just about being in a kind of like that in-between relationship where, you know, you don't want to commit, but, you don't want them to date anyone else. Mm. So uh, I've been there so many times where it's just like, okay, I don't know if I want a relationship <laughs> just yet. I'm still trying to figure things out. But I really like you, though. <laughs> so, I yeah, like- my song's just about that. <laughs> All right. Let's play it. Trying to be reckless Just think we should address this What if we rush into it Not knowing what the outcome is I'm saying I regret Last night when I undressed With what we did, how fast it went It might just cost that added stress So why don't we go?
Now, I don't, listen, I'm still trying to come up with one idea. Don't tell me to come up with five ideas um, a day. Um, you know, it's hard for us to manage everything. Another group, marketing group said, you know, when you, when you post, you don't want to post the same thing on each site. Well, yeah. Well, that's lovely, it, but hello. <laughs> what am I, what am I, no, what am I, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy what they demand now. Like, it's just like you're expected to not have a life. Exactly. There you go. So, you know, my friend says that that uh, when people are going to school for music, they should, they should, there should be a course on business management, like, like really learning all the agreements that are going to be thrown at, thrown at you because you should oh. know as equal as much as the person that's going to come to you. Because what happens during when you start investing your time in, in being a music artist or whatever, you're going to have so many people come to you and say, oh, well, I can do this for you. I can do that for you. For this amount, I can do that for you. And you really have to do your due diligence and really research these people because these people will try to scam you left and right. Yes, I've, I've been scammed. Oh, you're- yeah. I mean, I, I'm right there with you probably more times than I would like to be scammed. <laughs> And it's shameful that there's so many people that are willing to scam people in the in this industry because they know that people are hungry to get their artistry out there. But it is it is yeah. extremely shameful. I mean, I had one person <coughs> try to get five thousand dollars. Oh, I'm going to do all this for you. And so I I, I played his bluff. I said, Well, I'm going to have to go into my 401k, and it, and then I never heard from the person again. <laughs> what? Person was feeling guilty because I was going to go out and I said, I'm going to have to do this. Never heard from the person again. Now, when I reviewed the person, the person did know about a lot of p- people, but there are some people that um, he had worked with a lot of people, but there are some people I think that were desperate to make money during this whole pandemic thing that they were just willing to, you know, scam somebody and tell them that they can do all these things. And there were certain reviews that weren't so great for this person as well. You know, I always tell people, um, do your research on people. If somebody comes to you, look at their reviews. Ask other people. Have you worked with this person? Yeah. Good for you. Um, I know that, you know, if somebody's trying to become your manager, figure out who have they worked with, what have they done with that person. Um, we all need we all need several clones. I know I need three or five three or five clones just to get all the stuff that I'm trying to do out there. Um you know, if you can get an intern, get an intern, get somebody, you know, some, a lot of times people tell me, you know, the best people to get is that family members. Um, they're willing to help you. Um, the DC yeah. Busy. Um, so what is the one thing that you want to debunk about the music industry? Hmm. Like something that you thought was, but it's not. <laughs> um, that's it. I don't know. I, I think one thing is, like, I feel like a lot of times a lot of people, when they tell you, like, how to go viral or to be successful in today's digital age, they kind of tell you, like, this half-assed version as if it's, like, that easy. Because um, I feel like really more than being consistent and posting videos and being on every platform, I think there's a huge amount of luck that goes into it. Right. Yeah, like, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's almost like the lottery, like you either win it or you don't. <laughs> and 
and the thing is, I always say, I always tell it's, it's that one, one damn big break. All you need is one. Yeah. And for me, you know, I just, I'm just not willing to, you know, some people like to do all this silly stuff on TikTok. Now I'm on TikTok. I've done certain things with my music. You know, I have my cats on there and stuff like that. But I'm not willing to go too far to to get, you know, my name in life. I just don't want to do that. I want to, somebody to be interested in my music on merit alone because they liked it. They liked what they heard. They, they think that they can do a lot with it. That's where I am at with my music. Um, you know, we just, you know, we just want that one hit, that one song to go viral, then boom, bam. You know, you always hear these stories about, oh, this person was just singing in the street, and boom, bam, career. Or they've yeah. done something crazy. Well, boom, bam, career. I just don't want to have to do all that stuff. Um, What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, hmm. <laughs> I would tell her to don't stress the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Put out things on your time. Don't everyone else because everyone else has their own path. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Definitely just, you know, do things in your time when it feels right to you. Preach it. Preach it. I agree with you a hundred Yeah. Preach it. It's- That's Especially like like now, because I feel like with like this digital age, like even with Spotify, they're like, oh, uh, do a release a week. Like how? I don't even know. Like where where am I supposed to get all that uh, material and stuff? Like, and how are we supposed to compete with like these? Um, yeah, the mainstream artists. That's the main thing. It's just like we're yeah. expected to be on the same level as them and they got labels and all this kind of money behind them. They have money. (laughs) Yeah. That I don't have. (laughs) Right. And it's like pay to play. It's like back in the day in the 1960s, you could have a little 45 record, bring it to the radio station that they'll play it, not play it. There was no money exchange. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now it's, it's completely different. Yeah, now, you know, Spotify steals our money. <laughs> yeah. We spent thousands of dollars to create, you know, our songs or albums, and we get half a cent. Oh, well. But one day that will change because, you know, the law has got to be on our side. You know, Spotify is great for uh, – streaming platforms are great for many reasons. People can discover new people, but they need to start paying us way more money. It's just – it's just, yeah. it's, just, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Um. Last question would be, what is a quote or affirmation that you like to use every day or during the month or every minute to uh, push yourself? Hmm. I always like just saying, you got this. Like, a lot of times when I'm, when I'm doubting myself or, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm taking on more or that I can chew or, like, whatever that saying is, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, just saying, telling myself that I got this, like, there's no need to stress, like, it's going to all sort itself out, and like I said before, it takes things at my own speed, I don't need to try to keep up with somebody else's schedule, like, when I'm ready to release it, when I'm ready to put something out, do it. Amen, amen to that, I love that, all right, well, thank you. Sydney Renee, singer, songwriter, producer, uh-huh. Sydney Renee, for being on Chatting with Nat. 
It was my honor. Thank you, you for having me. You have an incredible voice. Um, I see your name in light. Um, for anybody that wants to find you, you're all over the place. They could Google you, but it's, it's www.sydneyrenee.com. <laughs> you are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, you name it. She's there. Er, just like I said, Google. Um, thanks again, Sydney. I hope you have a great weekend. Oh, you too. Hopefully it's filled with lots of music and writing and everything. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. This was Chatting with Nat, the singer-songwriter, producer, Sydney Renee. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.